I feel like I say this at the start of every episode recently, but Martha, we're back. We are back from a, <laughs> a hiatus. It's been like three, three months? months. A little over because we're almost into February. Oh, well, we're back. I think we promised to be more regular with this, but you know what? Life happens. Life happens a lot. In fact, Martha became a parent to three children <laughs> since, <laughs> since our last episode aired, which is part of the reason we have not been able to get together to record another episode. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, I didn't adopt children. <laughs> I didn't magically have a Triplets. magical pregnancy <laughs> that only lasted a few months and now I have three kids. Um, yeah, I moved my sister up here. So I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and an almost six-month-year-old living with me now in my very small cabin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because the family that lived in the cabin before me had three kids, two large dogs, and I was always like, how, how did you do that? in the world did they do this? And now I know. Very cramped, very all up in each other's space. It's a blessing and a, a curse because I love that I get to be around my nieces, my nieces, niece. my niece and my two nephews. But at the same time, it's like we're living in a box. And on top of everything else, you know, there's been surges. I, I don't, I, I hate talking about it, but that's part of the reason why we keep not being able to record these episodes. I think at one time we were both quarantined or had kids in our household that were quarantined. Yeah, Therefore that's another we were... new thing is like, <laughs> I went from just being worried about myself to having four other people that I'm like, oh, and two of them are in school. So it's not like they're all just home all the time. So it's like, oh, there was a outbreak in one's classroom, and I'm like, okay, I have to be home until, until we get a, day and a negative, negative test. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been our life, basically from mid, even early December is kind of when it's no, it started right around things or right it around was Halloween. Right after thanks, Thanksgiving. Oh no, no, it was right after thanks. No, it was Halloween. after Halloween that we yep. had that first big surge. It was like. Yep. 50 cases in a week because i was doing um the rape or no not the raven i was doing the edgar Allan poe after hours radio show through the Grammary playhouse and that was on halloween like our we had a performance on halloween and it was right literally in that last week where people were showing up to rehearsals again in masks mm -hmm. and um because people around them were testing positive so they were just masking up to be safe you know you know the word Omicron hadn't entered our dialect yet, unless you were a Futurama fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's funny because I've been re-watching that whole show because I'm bored with all my TV shows right now. <laughs> That's how I knew how to pronounce it. And it was because people were like, Omnicron. I'm like, it's Omicron! The joke of the Omarion. <laughs> Stream. So that's what happened. But we know, you know what? We're, everything is fine. We're fine. Our kids are all back in school. We're back yes, in the office. Oh. I'm someone who enjoys my silence. So having three kids in my house, I no longer get silence. <laughs> but on, I've sometimes worked days at home. And now that they're both in school and there's just the baby at the house, it's like. So we, peaceful. Uh, we'll just turn everything off in the house and enjoy the silence, especially when Royal's taking a nap and it's just quiet. <laughs> just like, oh God. And then they walk in the door after school and I'm like, well, there goes that. And you kind of, you look at the clock and you're like, I have two more hours of right? silence. And then all T minus <laughs> so many minutes until my silence is broken. I mean, that's been my life this whole time. I've had three kids for a while now. Yeah, don't expect Almost five any years. kids from me anytime yeah. This is pretty much sealed Martha's decision to not have children. She's got, yeah. niece, she's got a niece and two nephews to raise, so to yeah. help raise for a little bit. <laughs> yes. But anyway, uh, we wanted to come back because there's a big event happening and we are actually recording this. We're standing in the middle of a lake on the Gunflint Trail recording this intro because this entire episode is dedicated to a big event that I think is actually bigger than most people even around here realize what a big deal this is. I'm of course talking about the John Bear Grease dog sled marathon so that is what this episode is going to be about today so without further ado i'm jay and i'm martha and this is exploring the north shore this podcast episode is sponsored by cascade vacation rentals they know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times and busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected that's why they're here 
to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's north shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. And don't forget to use promo code PODCAST for the largest percent off discount available at any given time. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. So this episode is all about the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon, but I think we'd be um, bad people if we didn't... Bad people. (laughs) Bad people. Naughty, naughty. If we didn't at least explain like who John Bear Grease was, what he did, and why there's a whole sled dog marathon named after him. And not only is it like a sled dog marathon, it is a big and it's very serious sled dog It's the Minnesotan sled dog marathon. It's the best sled dog marathon in the continental United States. And it's all named after a man who was born in Beaver Bay in 1858. So Mosa's information about John that I'm going to read right now comes from the John Bear Grease website, which you can visit by going to beargrease.com and then click about and the John Bear Grease story is there. You can read the whole thing. I'm just going to kind of give you the highlights. Um, But as I said before, John Bear Grease was born in Beaver Bay, Minnesota in 1858, and he was the son of an Anishinaabe chief. And I do apologize. I'm going to try my best at this. Um, okay, I'm not going to butcher that. I'm sorry. It's uh, M-O-Q-U-A-B-I-M-E-T-E-M. Um, and, and this, of course, when I say he was born in Beaver Bay, and, and they say in here that Beaver Bay was the like one of the first settlements on the North Shore. It was one of the first white settlements of the North, on the North Shore. Of course, the Anishinaabe people have been here for generations and centuries before white men showed up and started building towns. So there was a, you know, there was already people here when we showed up and his family was one of them. And uh, they lived in the area that is now known as Beaver Bay. It says they lived in a traditional wigwam on the edge of the first settlement on Minnesota's North Shore. They did all of the things that people back there did to survive in this kind of harsh climate. You know, they went hit, they went hunting fishing, trapping, things like that. Um, And then later on, I'm going to skip ahead here on the the little biography, and it says, and I quote, For almost 20 years, between 1879 and 1899, John Bear Grease and his brothers delivered the mail between two harbors and Grand Marais, with the limited equipment available and loads weighing as much as 700 pounds, the trip was made once a week, an incredible feat for one man to accomplish, especially when you consider the constant range of altitude along the North Shore. And, end quote. And, and not just that, it's not just the change in altitude. Yeah, that's true too. But think of the change in the weather. If you had to even, even now, if you had to drive between Grand Marais and Two Harbors once a week, there are days when that's tough. And that, I mean, back then there wasn't even a road. It was a trail. It was a footpath. And it says that they used a variety of methods to transport the mail, including canoes, horses, and large boats. And it was John Bear Grease himself who is known best for his winter travels by dog sled. And I quote, his sled looked more like a toboggan than today's sleds, and he ran with teams of only four dogs. His fastest trip on the dog sled was 28 hours from Two Harbors to Grand Marais. Without the weight and with today's advanced technologies, bear grease mushers can accomplish the same trip in a little bit better time and with teams of up to 16 dogs, which in this last round, we saw teen, teams of 12 dogs. Um, it, it sounds Did like it varies. 16? I, oh, I've only been following it really seriously for the past like five years. Yeah. And I f- kind of recall them always having 12. Maybe there's been times where there were more and they've cut back. Maybe they've matching the Iditarod. I don't really know the reason and the method behind that, but I I don't remember there ever being 16 dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quote, 1899 would be the last year John Bear Grease delivered the mail. The Lake Shore Trail that he had traveled for 20 years became an actual road and one that could be traveled with a horse and buggy. John ended his last trip to Grand Marais on April 26, 1899. 
Uh, John later settled down, back down in Beaver Bay, and that is where he uh, passed away. And I quote, One day in 1910, he went out in a storm to rescue another mare carrier whose boat was caught in the waves off Tamarack Point near Grand Portage. He caught pneumonia after the ordeal and died soon after. And he is buried at the Indian Cemetery in Beaver Bay, which I... We're going to hear our conversations on the at the race, and I do mention that in previous years, and again, this kind of shows how the, the marathon has changed over the years, but in previous years, the race would go right by where he was buried, and mushers would stop, pay their respects before carrying on. That no longer happens because the trail runs further inland, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with climate change, and there just being less snow than there used to be. That's the only thing reasoning I could find for the trail changing. And I'm sure they do. Are you okay? Martha's burning herself with coffee. It's so hot right here, like where I rest my finger. (laughs) I have to put some cold water in it. Martha's clearly taking this seriously. Let's now jump to the race. And now we're going to jump to us live. Well, not live pre-recorded, but actually there at the Trail Center checkpoint. And then again, we followed up at the finish line at Grand Portage Lodge and Casino. I think I never thought it was possible that it was so close to me because it was so, such a big thing. And I'm like, there's no way something, something like that, that is, big is in here. Minnesota. Like, no way. It's just Minnesota. <laughs> we got a lot of snow up here. We oh, have a lot cool. of sled dogs. I don't think I even know how many sled dogs we had. I mean, between Jasmine Popovich last yeah. year that we met with, we have a we have a musher that works for Cascade now who competed in the Gunflint Mail Run. That was just a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we had another dog sled thing we were going to do last year that kept getting canceled for various reasons that I won't name. Um, <laughs> the uh, world event that shall not be named. It's become the new Voldemort. I think I'm just going to refer to it as the Voldemort virus from now on. <laughs> like, hey. Sometimes we attach ourselves to other people. Sometimes we pretend to be other people. I don't know. Okay. What a we're going to stop talking about Harry Potter now. <laughs> right. And we're going to get back into the episode. episode it. It's true. <laughs> It's sunny, guys. The sun just came out. It's been the first time we've seen sun with Literally. temperatures above zero. Yeah, it's like 20, 20 something. Yeah. We are here right now. We are at Trail Center Lodge, which is mid Gunflint Trail, so about 30 miles from Grand Marais. And this is going to be one of the uh, checkpoints for the John Beargrease Sled Dog Marathon, and that is why we are here. We are waiting now for the next team to come in. Uh, John Beargrease is a uh, one of the, I think, the most famous, maybe, sled dog marathons in the continental United States. Of course, Alaska has the Iditarod and probably way more well-known. But for us, John Beargrease is the highlight of our sled dog season of course we had funny this this marathon is another one of the things i grew up hearing about but like the boundary waters and like grand portage were something (laughs) that i was like oh that's like a million miles away like i hear about it all the time but like that's not here and i literally had no idea how close i grew up to all of this you actually grew up where the start was so it starts in duluth at billy's bar kind of the traditional there's been a few years i can remember one even not too long ago maybe 2014 2015 when there wasn't enough snow between duluth and two harbors so they actually started in two harbors but billy's bar has been the traditional start of the sled dog marathon john Beargree's sled dog marathon sun is coming out it is a beautiful monday today it is noon and we are at the Trail Center checkpoint, as I said. The race started yesterday at 10 a.m. at, so yesterday would be for, since you're not listening to this live, this is pre-recorded. Uh, yesterday was January 30th, and at 10 a.m. at Billy's Bar, there was a few different lengths of the race. We are waiting for the full marathon. They all set out yesterday at 10. There was a mandatory rest at Sawbill Outfitters. So if you're a follower of the podcast, you'll be familiar with Sawbill. That is where we did the um, trip into the Boundary Waters last year. 
and yeah, so Sawbill, they had a four hour layover. Brian Reddington was in the lead at that point. He came in shortly after midnight, which means he left again shortly after 4 a.m. I didn't actually see what time he left, uh, but he was cruising. The earliest they predicted a, a team, Musher and their team was gonna arrive, was around noon, which it is right now. We've been here for about 15, 20 minutes. And when we got here, there was already two teams that had arrived. And Aaron Letzring, at least I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, who won last year, came in right when we got here. So she's currently in third place. Ryan Reddington is in first, and for the life of me, I cannot remember who's in second. <laughs> um, Sarah Keefe, I believe, is the name of the person we are waiting for right now. I'm sorry I'm not a very big uh, musher name knower. <laughs> But yeah, so we're sitting here waiting now. The teams were um, about an hour apart each. Do they track them? Yeah, they do. So there's. I was going to say, like, how do these people know when to set up and, like, be ready? Uh, well, they, they can predict things pretty closely. But again, they were way off this year because they weren't supposed to start showing up until noon. was supposed to be the first in. Ryan was here long before we got here. In fact, I was tracking him this morning and I sent Martha a text. I'm like, you better be ready to go at 1030 instead of 1130 because... We're not gonna, I think we're already gonna miss the first place person, the person in first place right now. And we in fact did miss them. Missed the first three in fact. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here now, right at noon when we were supposed to be. They were just ahead of schedule, not us. Yes, we <laughs> arrived exactly on time. So this is a 12 team race. So they have 12 dogs. Each team is 12 dogs and then they're musher. Uh, right now I do believe, maybe we'll head over and see if we can speak with someone about this but when I checked online before we head up here and of course we're on the Gunflint Trail now we do not have service up here so um, when I checked before we left Ryan was down to nine dogs which usually they run 12 the fact that he's down nine but he was he was really far in the lead when he left Sawbill but whoever was in second place and I will figure out their name for you soon uh, whoever was in second place closed the gap considerably between basically Sawbill, really from where they hit the west end of Devil's Track Lake and then they came up towards the Gunflint Trail. That's where the gap started to close, kind of watched it live, live streamed the uh, GPS tracking on my computer for a little bit and then now here we are. So that's where we're at. Um, go going back to how kind of interestingly different our childhoods were despite the fact that we grew up only an hour away from each other this is not my first time going to yeah. when I was I know I have a very clear memory when I was maybe eight or nine must have been eight eight or nine anyway um going to the checkpoint that's located that was located in two harbors I don't remember or not two harbors the checkpoint that was located in Beaver Bay. Of course, I grew up in Silver Bay, so that was a short little jaunt over there. I don't remember the exact location. It was so long ago, but they have since changed the route uh, because they no longer go through Beaver Bay. They kind of go up above Beaver Bay. The 120 race, which is the kind of half marathon, that ends at Trestle Inn, and that race has ended I believe all the teams are in now when I looked there was about four or five that were still kind of heading up the road towards Treslin but the amount of time that has passed they've either finished or I'm sure scratched by now so the teams for the 120 is in what do you mean scratch it just means if their dogs can't finish the 120 doesn't have a lot of scratch yeah uh none of them really do I mean once you get to John Bear Grease level you're pretty much you're there. But literally anything can happen on this race. Uh, 2020, I didn't unfortunately pay any attention in 2021. I kind of thought it was canceled, but apparently <laughs> it wasn't. But in 2020, they had, it was just a very dramatic switch. And I can't remember who the mushers were, but it basically started with one person that was way in the lead. I almost want to say it was Ryan Reddington. This poor guy, I feel like he's won a few times, but I feel like he always comes in like second. We'll get to the finish last year in a minute, but uh, if something happened because he did the check in at Mineral Center and he was moving again oh, and then he stopped. Dogs. Oh, here we go. Here I'm you can see him coming right there. 
a random line of doggies. Oh my goodness. Don't fall. If you do, I'm recording it. Alright, we can see them coming from across the lake. Did they come from the island? Oh, okay. I thought they came from the island. However, they did not. They're about 50 yards from us currently. These dogs definitely look like they're ready for a break. Oh, they're so cute. Looks like this musher has all of their dogs. Am I still recording? Uh, <laughs> we could stop it. Awkward commentary. Okay, so that was Sarah Kiefer we just saw come in. I think I said Sarah Kiefer originally. I apologize. It's Kiefer. And she is. Anyway. <laughs> so she came in. She's in third at this moment. However, as I was saying before, I don't think I finished my Mineral Center story. It was like negative 40 that week. It was bitter, bitter cold. And there was a point where, and I want to say it was Ryan Reddington. I'm not positive. I'd have to look back. But it was like they left Mineral Center. And then between Mineral Center and uh, Grand Portage, which on the whole grand scale of this race is a short distance. He got st just stopped for four hours. I never did figure out what happened. Oh. All right, here we go. We're gonna. I keep interrupting. We're gonna you. cut out because <laughs> we've got Ryan Anderson coming in now. So we're gonna take some pictures and videos to share with you as we watch Ryan Anderson coming in. So we've hiked out onto Poplar Lake. <laughs> What would you say, 50 yards out or so, so we can get some better shot angles of the next racer coming in? I didn't ask who the next one coming in was. I thought, no, because that, I don't think, I was trying to listen to them talk and they kept, ah, uh, yeah, it's all confusing to me. I tried to be snoopy and listen, but it didn't go. work because I don't know what I'm talking about. So what they do know is that Ryan Anderson just crossed at, let's see, it's 12.31 right now. He crossed probably five minutes ago. And the next racer is coming in five miles behind Ryan, uh, Ryan Anderson. And uh, that would put them at about half an hour away because the teams are going at about between eight and nine miles an hour at this point in the race. So we are going to be sitting out here on the lake, on Poplar Lake, <laughs> waiting for the next racer to come in. I will say it kind of goes from being they might be here and then all of a sudden they just, they're here. They're here. Yeah. It's very quick. Even though you can see a lot of the lake, those teams are cruising. And I just gotta say, I, I just, I love watching sled dogs. I love watching them come in and then it's cute how everybody like cheers for them. And they're so proud of themselves. Dude, a good job. They're all good boys <laughs> and good girls. And then they curl up in their little haystack beds and it's so cute. So if, if nothing else, you should definitely try to come to a future uh, John Bergery Sled Dog Marathon checkpoint just to see the adorableness of the puppies. They're very cute. They work hard. We are watching, uh, I believe it was Sarah Kiefer's dogs being fed and they were talking about how much they have to feed them and how much water they have to get because they burn so many calories on this race that the amount of food they have to eat. Like how many miles is it between each checkpoint? Um, okay, so the la I think the last checkpoint was Sawbell. Just let's say Sawbill. So if you're going from Sawbill to here, because the next one isn't until I don't think Devil's Track. I think they turn around at Kings Road and then they don't have another stop till Devil's Track. So they stop. There I think. <laughs> See, I had all of this on my computer. I was looking at all of it. So there's Devil's Track, Mineral Center, Grand Portage. Is that it? I feel like if that's the case, they get between... No, that would make sense. 12 hours, I want to say, because they would have had 
two stops between the start and some maybe less I don't know I need to pay more attention I need to do more <laughs> research this is not a research heavy podcast we just sort of say what we're thinking <laughs> we get out there we're just doing it we're here we're doing it we're telling what it's like to do it I will say there's a lot of people here uh, I mean 40 50 cars on the Gunflint Trail so they have people that are controlling traffic my awesome neighbors whom you've heard on this podcast before Carl and Mike of Rockwood they're here pretty much the whole Gunflint Trail neighborhood is here uh, and it just it's a nice way for people to gather together last year they were discouraging or even not allowing observers so we couldn't have been here we couldn't have been at the start this year is basically back to normal exploring the north shore is sponsored by the big lake the big lake is an approachable art gallery and gift shop located in the beautiful harbor town of grand Marais, minnesota as well as online at thebiglakelife.com. The Big Lake provides a beautifully curated and fun shopping experience to complement your North Shore adventures with artists and products that reflect the culture, values, allure, and lifestyle of the North Shore. Shop online at www.thebiglakelife.com and use promo code EXPLORE for 15% off your first online order. It's cold. It's not cold. It's, it's windy. windy. <laughs> How the weather would be beautiful if it wasn't for the wind. Yeah. Uh, we are at Grand Portage Lodge and Casino and in Grand Portage now. Um, it is 4.20 p.m., which is earlier than we expected to be here, but we got word that we needed a haul ass up here. I was going to censor myself, then I decided not to, which is why I went haul first. A few updates from yesterday. Uh, the lead, Ryan Reddington, I mentioned he was down to nine dogs. By the time he got to trial center, he was really down to six dogs. There was no way he could continue. And despite having an hour lead ish, not even quite, uh, I think it was less than that, but he, I think he was out an hour before anybody else at Sawbill. He scratched six other teams scratched also so aaron let's ring last year's winner is also one that scratched so we're down so i believe we're down a total of i did i can't math ryan anderson was in fifth place arriving into trail center and he is dominating today uh arrived at mineral center for his mandatory four-hour break at 9 a.m <laughs> Way earlier, I, I could have sworn they said noon for the earliest arrival. So yeah, he's three hours ahead of where they thought he would be. And they were only, although I've seen a few different things. I thought they said Trail Center first in was around noon. It ended up being closer to 11. Um, but then I saw another sheet that said first in at Trail Center was at two. <laughs> so they've been they've been off. Apparently the the teams are moving a lot faster. Um, but however, the same for the same reason that they're moving faster is the same reason so many teams have scratched. Trail conditions are ideal for some things, but apparently not sled dogs. The warm weather is not something they enjoy. They enjoy colder weather. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the people over there suddenly stood up and got very attentive, and I thought, are we getting there? We are right at the finish line. We're gonna see him literally seconds before he runs. I'm assuming it's Ryan, so I'm saying he because he has such a significant lead at this point that they don't think he's going to be taken over by anybody. Uh, plenty still to go, but as of now, it's about to end. We're about to get a winner, and we're gonna be here for it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love your contribution to the whole conversation. <laughs> Beautiful. We're back and it's now February 2nd. The race is over. We know the results. We've reported. Well, actually, we cut away and then we didn't ever go back to record when we were there because we were super busy taking pictures and videos, which you can see on our TikTok and our Instagram and our Facebook page. 
Again, we have decided to combine those things for the most part, or at least the TikTok is now combined with Cascade Vacation Rentals, and you can find our videos at Stay CVR. Uh, we posted most of the pictures on uh, the Cascade Vacation Rentals Instagram and Facebook as well, so check those out if you want to see our pictures and videos, which we are super busy taking and had a lot of fun that we didn't come back while we were up at Grand Portage, but we're here now to talk about the finish. So we watched the, we watched, I, I saw the first five finish finishers. We were kind of leaving and wrapping up when um, Aaron Ultimus, the Grand Marais local that finished, crossed and she crossed in fifth, right around, when did we leave, 7.30? I think we got back into yeah. Grammaray just before 8.30, so it had been mm -hmm. shortly after 7.30. So right around 7.30, I'll give more factual information in a minute here. <laughs> but those were the first five of only 10 teams that managed to finish out of 24. Jesus. And I, I asked around a little bit why so many teams had scratched. I think I mentioned in the when we were at the Trail Center that... Most people, once they hit, they, they're at the skill level for like the 300 mile race, and especially those who have done before, that you don't see very many scratches just because they're really prepared. They've been practicing. You'll see maybe five or six, but never, I don't think I've ever seen 14 scratches in a single race. And other people are saying the same thing. They haven't seen that many scratches in John Bear Grease. And part of the reason for it is because it was really warm. Yeah. Unseasonably warm this past and then, week. And of course today... It's cold. Freezing cold. Negative like 14. But on like Sunday, Monday, it was in the 30s, even the mid 30s at some point. And they were traveling further inland, which was a little bit cooler than down by the lake, but still really warm. And I hear the snow was kind of more like concrete for those poor puppies because the snow had kind of melted, gotten icy, gotten slushy, melted again. Oh, yeah. And it was just a really slick, icy... Not so fun. I mean, the dogs like it cold, the dogs like it snowy, and the dogs just, they just want to be in like that really winter environment. That's what they're trained in. They're not trained in this warm, kind of slushy-ish weather, which is hilarious because it's been very unseasonable for, unseasonable for this year. This year's been cold. Mm -hmm. So to have that kind of hot streak hit then was unfortunate. But we've and still gotten like the same amount of snow. We've gotten more, more snow. snow. I want to say more. I think we're it's at been 70 very cold, to 80 but when inches. When we get snow, we get snow. Like good snow, like 18 inches. <laughs> it's beautiful. We're back in our office and we're on the John Bear Grease website. And if you go to the John Bear Grease website and then you click, what is it? What did I click to get here? Race info. Don't pick anything from the drop down, just click race info and scroll down and you can see the GPS tracking for the marathon and the Bear Grease 120. And it will replay the entire race as it happened, but sped up. So we're gonna watch it really quick and kind of see what happened and where. So of course we have all of the teams starting here at Billy's Bar and it's looking, where's the time? Oh, right here. So we're 20 minutes into the race. And what I think is very interesting is we are watching this racer trying to figure out what was going on with her. Her last name's White. Her first name is Alice. She she got the jump on the on the start there, but was quickly passed up and kind of fell back. How do they pass each other? I've I'm guessing the trail's wide enough. Um, there's two different places that. where they can kind of, where the order switches. So there's, on the trail, you can pass each other. I don't think that happens that often. In fact, you'll see later on, they, they distance themselves out. It's more when they get to the checkpoints. So right now we're at the Highway 2 checkpoint, and Reddington, Ryan Reddington, is like way up there. He is in Silver Bay when most of the teams are still at Highway 2. So, I mean, that's, which is just before Gooseberry. Uh, right around here, you're going to see Mary Manning scratch, and I think she was the first one to scratch. I can't see the people at the bottom of the list. I can only see the people running, but I don't... S oh, nope, she's still there. So there's Mary Manning, and right here, she's in 12th place. She just passed Silver Bay and got... Oh, I guess she scratched around Finland then. I thought it was before Finland, but... So right now, we're watching all the teams come into the Finland checkpoint. And before the last four teams get in, Reddington is already off again. 
And this time, his lead is even way bigger. more significant. He's followed behind by Wade Mars, and then by Sarah Kiefer, and then Aaron Letzring. And this is about where I started this is tuning where it in gets that day. Crazy, yeah. Aaron, uh, maybe it's the next part. She gets so far ahead, and then she scratches, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, she was in first. She was so far ahead of them. So we're kind of looking down here, and I believe it looks like somebody just scratches just in the middle still, of the trail. Yeah. Oh, oh no, there they go. Again. Um, Mary Manning has scratched at this point. I believe somebody else did as well in the Finland checkpoint. Mm-mm. Oh, there she is. I <laughs> no, totally she lied. Didn't. <laughs> she must have scratched near Taconite Harbor. I thought it was before Sawville. I was literally having a hook. Oh, and there's there's somebody flying over the lake. Um, you can tell they've scratched. That looks like Fisher. Fisher has scratched. They somehow got to Grand Marais, and that's where they were. So now... We're watching teams leaving the Sawville checkpoint where they had that four-hour mandatory layover. So we have Reddington way in the lead, followed by Mars, Kiefer, and Let's Ring. So the order hasn't changed that much between the Finland and the Sawville checkpoints. Um, we have Colleen Wallen just coming out now. Aaron Ultimus is ahead of her. Errol Wallen is ahead of Colleen, which we'll find out in a minute that that changed. Man, that Fisher person is flying. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because the GPS trackers, for the most part, stay on even as the person moves around after scratching. So clearly they're meeting back up with their team, the rest of their team at Trail Center. Um, And that's that's where we were. were. So now we're watching what we were doing. Back-to-back teams. Back-to-back-to-back. Those three. And we we just missed Aaron Ultimus, which is a Grand Marais local, uh, coming in. We also missed Colleen Wallen coming in. At this point, we have left Trail Center, so we saw a little bit of that. I want to say the first five, no, because seven or eight teams eight come in. Eight came in total. Yeah, eight came in total. <laughs> Do they get lost? Number 18 is Nice. No, I've seen that a couple times where it looks like those sees Laura and Nice. she's going to get ahead here, and then it's like she just... So we've left Trail Center. Let's Ring is in first place. Mars is in second. Kiefer is in third. Anderson is in fourth. At this point, Ryan Reddington, who had a massive lead, has scratched. He's out. Um, Aaron Let's Ring is still in the lead. Mm-hmm. But spoiler alert, she's going to scratch. So we have... She gets so far she gets ahead. So this ahead. is when I was watching it that day. And I was like, what is going on? So she is at least a few miles ahead of Wade Mars and Ryan Anderson arriving at the Skyport checkpoint. So now all these teams are coming in. We've got Letzring, we've got Anderson, we've got Mars, we've got Kiefer. We have Errol Wallen coming in. We've got Colleen Wallen coming in. We've got Aaron Ultimus. These end up being that core group that end up actually finishing Mm -hmm. the race. I think it must have been Skyport where Aaron Letzring scratched, yeah, but we'll find out. Other big names that scratched um, a little bit later, uh, Blake Frecking, who won a couple of years ago, I believe he won 2019, maybe. Uh, he yeah he he ended up scratching as well. So now we're leaving the Skyport checkpoint. Ryan Anderson has a massive lead. And it was actually at this point he that you and I... a full hour before the second yep. place person. So Wade Mars, yeah. uh, we've got Sarah Kiefer, Errol Wallen, Colleen Wallen, and uh, Aaron Ultimus, followed by... I haven't said this name yet. Sean McCarthy. And then Jennifer Frecking. And then... Who's that? Who's... I don't know why I don't see that name on the list. Well, anyway, uh, we've got several teams that are going to be at Skyport, are stuck at Skyport, and will be there for the remainder of the race because they scratched. But at this point, the top six teams have already arrived at the Mineral Center checkpoint. And then before the last four teams that are still in the race even arrive this at Mineral Center. so huge by the time yes, it starts. That is Ryan Anderson already off long before uh, Wade Mars takes off. And now we're watching it as it gets to the end here. Another mysterious thing we had was I, I mentioned we were watching uh, White 
Alice, Alice White. White. For some reason, she jumped ahead to the finish line, but it didn't say she had scratched. So it was really confusing for us. Oh, here we go. We're, we're getting to the end here where um, Colleen and Errol Wallen come in within five minutes of each other. Again, that is a mother and son duo. Yeah, I don't know what that person did. Somebody just jumped way backwards. Um, we're watching, let's see, McCarthy come in right now. Freck, uh, the other Frecking, not Blake, uh, Joanna? Jennifer. Jennifer Frecking scratched after the Mineral Center check stop. Checkpoint. <laughs> I'm just saying words now. And then the last three teams came in uh, not too far from each other with, I believe, the last person coming in is Lisa Weaver Dyson. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, she arrived around midnight-ish. I think it was shortly after midnight. And that ended it. So we had a lot of teams scratching as early it's as Finland. Because people yeah. who like you're like they're gonna get first place, we'd wake up the next day and they were like scratch. We're like, Jesus, what is going on? Well, I knew Ryan Reddington wasn't gonna have much luck because even when he was arriving into Trail Center, he was down to nine dogs, mm -hmm. which is a lot of dogs to be down, and I heard later that he was actually down to six dogs after they did the vet checks and kind of followed everything up at the trail center checkpoint. Six dogs, couldn't continue. He unfortunately then scratched. So here's the finish. I'm going to pause it, and I'm going to read a few fun facts. So Ryan Anderson finished with nine dogs. Wade Mars finished with eight. Colleen Wallen finished with eight. Errol Wallen finished with eight. Aaron Altimus finished with only seven, as did Sarah Kiefer. Sean McCarthy, McCarty, I said McCarthy before, it's McCarty, finished with eight. Damon Raymaker finished with eight. Remy, suck with last names, I'm sorry. Ledick ended with seven. Lisa Weaver, not going to even try that last name, ended with seven. Catherine Langlands actually was the one that Nope, just kidding. I'm, I I jumped. Lisa was the last one to finish. I just kept going. Catherine uh, Langless actually scratched with 11 dogs, which is why she had so many. But there were teams that were down to just seven dogs, but no teams down to six. So Ryan Reddington, I think, realizing he only had six dogs left, realized it was too much. The trail conditions were not right. Such a big lead. And then he scratched, which kind of opened the door for all these other racers. And who would have known if he hadn't scratched, if he would have kept that lead? Yeah. We saw the leads changing. We saw people coming and going. But by the time they left Skyport, it was pretty much Ryan Anderson's race. And oh, we yeah. knew that. We we were watching it saying... He had a solid lead the rest of the race. Their first in estimate was 5.24 p.m. And he came in at 4.24. Like you said, at an entire hour before the first person was supposed to cross. You and I realized it. We ran up there. I'm like, we need to leave earlier than we were planning. We were planning mm -hmm. to be up there around 5. I realized yeah. we had to be up there around 4. We got there. I think we did our, it was at 4.20 when we started doing our narrative at the finish mm -hmm. line. Yeah. And he yeah. crossed a few minutes after that. Very close. Mm -hmm. We got up there right in time to see him cross and finish. And then watched the next five finishers mm -hmm. before we had to head out because it was getting late. But 10 total finished out of 24. Mm -hmm. The victor, Ryan Anderson, second place, Wade Mars, and third place, Colleen Wallen, shortly followed five and a half minutes later by her son, Errol Wallen. And they I, were so cute with their dogs, so and then they would like trade off to each other's <laughs> dogs because they know each other's They know dogs. each other's dogs. I heard that Colleen had the puppies, whereas Errol had the older dogs, and I guess the puppies just really pulled it out this year because Colleen did finish first. On the trail, they kind of flipped back and forth. Um, it, but once they left Mineral Center, Colleen was ahead the whole time. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part was at the end, they were posing, both of them, with their lead dogs. And they were chatting. And they uh, somebody asked if they saw each other on the trail. And Colleen says, Arrow said he saw me a few times, but I never saw him. And the whole, everybody around was like, oh. <laughs> to which she was like, that's not what I meant. But it's, it definitely it was pretty funny. That's really funny. So check out our TikTok channel again at StayCVR because I have, you took the video, a great video of Errol Wallen coming in and then seeing his mom at the finish line yeah, and their big hug. hug. Yeah, it was cute. It was very cute. We I found our it. perfect vantage point. 
On the last one. On the last one that we got. <laughs> Turns out the right side of the finish line worked better for us for our captures. But we have photos, we have videos. It was a lot of fun. It was. I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah. So we didn't make it. I think next year we're planning. Fingers crossed. Everything goes well. We'll be at Billy's Bar for the start. Probably hit up maybe uh, the Sawbill checkpoint because that's usually Monday morning. Head up to Trail Center. Assuming the trail's the same. The course is the same. Go to Trail Center because that's about midday on the second day. And the Mineral Center is like midday on the third day, and then we'll be at the finish line. So our, our hope is to cover a lot more of this again next year for you. It was really fun to do. I really want to spend more time getting to know like some of the mushers. Maybe we'll yeah. we'll get an interview with Erin Altimus because she is local and see if we can, you know, Mary Manning's also local. We could probably chat with her. I, I think there's a few others, although I won't pretend like I know who they are because I don't. <laughs> But it's fun and it's such a important piece of North Shore history. If you think about the fact that John Bear Grease did it with four dogs, 700 yeah, pounds crazy. of mail. It was how people up here got their mail. It was very important for the economy, for business, for the people, for people who are moving here away from family and friends, people sending money back and forth. I mean, that man played such an important role in North Shore history and this race honors him and it was so much fun to be there. Dogs are just so adorable and they're always yeah. so happy. They are, oh my god, when they finish and they're just like rubbing in the snow. They're and they're so eating cute. their fish because they all they throw like just full-on fish and they're just like, yep, I've earned this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that is the basic summary of what happened over the last three days with the John Bergery's Sled Dog Marathon 2022. And yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered it all. There are so many places that you can go, the checkpoints, there's turnarounds where you can go and observe teams. There's the finish line, the starting line. And at Billy's Bar, there's actually other things that happen. Like there's this uh, small dog sled dog race. Oh, yeah. Where they have like chihuahuas pulling really small dog sets. <laughs> And other things that happen, so it's not just the race, it's kind of a whole day event at Billy's Bar. Uh, if you're in more of the Two Harbors area, it travels on County Road 2, or Highway 2, I should say, Highway 2. Uh, it goes up the Gunflint Trail, it goes up pretty much, I mean, the course basically takes you to the Canadian border a couple of times and then back down. And once you leave Mineral Center, there's a big loop that they do. Mm -hmm. So there's a point where teams arriving at Mineral Center were kind of crossing with teams that were going towards the finish. <laughs> I feel bad for those yeah, teams. Yeah, right, I was about to say that has to be so discouraging to be like, oh, I'm finally getting my start. And they're like, hey, see ya. Like, see I'll be at the finish line. line before you even get done with your four-hour rest that you have to do at Mineral Center. I feel like that has to be the most torturous rest. Yeah. Because you know you're only 31 miles from the finish line, but you have to rest for four hours, which is good for the dogs. It's good for the people. But I imagine if you are a person who's racing and you kind of have that racing spirit, that's so hard to stop at that point, especially when you know that. I mean, some people, I think we're still coming in to let me check. Hold on. I think some people were still coming into Mineral Center when the race was already over. Yeah. So when he was finishing... So it looks like everybody was already at Mineral Center who ended yeah. up finishing. But he was finishing and some people still hadn't even left. Yeah, most people hadn't already hadn't left. So, yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm a very competitive person, so that would drive me a little bit crazy if I was stuck there. Mm -hmm. And just, I wanted to finish it so close to the end. And really, if it wasn't for that weird loop they go up and do up by the border and they come back down and they actually do another loop, yeah, your proximity-wise, Mineral Center and Grand Portage are very close together. They're only a few miles apart, but of course the track has to get in that 300-mile goal, which was what makes it the marathon and what makes it really fun and exciting for us. So we are looking at, again, first place, Ryan Anderson, second place, Wade Mars. And by the way, it was Wade Mars' first time racing Really? Yes. So nice. he was a rookie Good this job. year. Ryan Anderson, it was not his first. In fact, I believe it's it was fourth. his fourth win. Yeah. 
He last won in 2017. Um, and then Colleen Wallen placed third. Arrow Wallen placed fourth. And I'll just finish this off with Sarah Kiefer and Aaron Altimus in fifth and sixth. And that's that's where we left and everybody else came in after that. So you had fun? I did. Yeah, you were the one who was like, we have to be at Billy's Bar next year at the we start and yeah. do the whole thing. Yeah, we have to. Dude, why not? Go big or go home. It's really, it's <laughs> one of the, we were discussing this and it's one of the biggest events like races and things that you actually have a lot of opportunity to not just participate or like observe, I guess, watch, but you're doing it without huge, massive crowds. True. Cause the it, only, the only place that was probably really crowded was the finish line. And that's only because people wanted to get pictures well, of them. Yeah. Billy's bar was in. pretty crowded oh, too, yeah. we but the checkpoints, <laughs> yeah, we weren't there. We don't know. Uh, the checkpoints were pretty sparsely. We were, and you can spread out enough. Yeah. Like we walked pond, out on the lake, pondered out on the frozen lake for a bit. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I highly recommend it. Next year, check out uh, beargrease.com for whatever the course is going to be that year. Again, it does change occasionally depending on numerous factors, primarily weather. And you can see where you can go to watch it. Uh, I've learned to not pay that much attention to the estimated first in times yeah. because they were way off this year. So next so year, I've, I I've learned that they have this tracker thing on yep. there because then you can kind of. I can see when somebody's kind of getting to the that west end of Devil's Track Lake, which is when they mm -hmm. shoot up the Gunflint Trail, and they're like, okay, we need to go now or else they're going to beat us. Mm -hmm. And they were cruising. Some of them were going, you know, they, they travel between 5 and 10 miles an hour for the most part. And that's that's pretty fast if you're, yeah. like, I don't know. I think it's fast. They seem to come in faster than we thought they would. Mm -hmm. So... All right, well, this was your episode on the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon 2022. I'm Jay. And I'm Martha. And this has been Exploring the North Shore.